All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 47. I am Bag Milk. I'm back from vacation. It was nice to be away from all of you. I did not look at any of your faces for two weeks, and I was happy about it. To my left is Tyler Uremchuk. To across the table is Young Coom. Over to the right is the Nation Dan, and to my immediate right is our special guest today, Lars Caillou. He is a local stand-up comedian. He has traveled the world telling his jokes. He is also a sad man because, like us, he is an Oilers fan. Lars, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, big fan. Check him out on Twitter at ExtraLars, and he's also got ExtraLars.com. And you were saying before we started recording, you've got an interesting show coming up on September 19th. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So there's a – I really enjoy Twitter. I really enjoy Twitter, and that's how I connected with most of the Oilers Nation people is I'm a, I'm a fan of that social you know, media platform. And I promote comedy shows on there regularly, and there's one, and I'll, and I'll give her a shout-out. So it's at – E-I-S-S-Y-R-C, so E-I-S-S-Y-R-C, and she is, uh, she's deaf, so um, I always want to make sure I get the terminology right, you know, hard of hearing or hearing impaired, um, and she said, I'd love to come to one of your shows, but I, you know, I'm, I'm deaf, so I wouldn't be able to enjoy it, so you, they don't do signers anymore, there's not signers, they used a closed captioning person, so it's like a court reporter, and they closed caption live, the really? entertainment, yeah. How do you feel as as the guy who's telling the jokes? 
how do you feel about the context being lost? Because obviously they can't hear the cadence of your voice and the delivery and the timing and all that. We're about to find out on September 19th. Oh, you've never done one of these before? <laughs> no. So I've done shows where there was a signer. And again, I never, I never want to offend somebody by getting the, the, the vernacular wrong. But I've had three or four times in my life. And it's very funny to because the signer, you can make them do certain things. So they have to repeat what you're saying. And it ends up being very funny if you make sexual references, right? So it ends up being hilarious. And I wrote a joke on a, I was working on a cruise ship and I wrote a joke because there was a deaf boy at the family shows. And the joke was, you know, my parents used to wash my mouth out with soap if I swore. When I was a kid, I, that's the only time I ever wished I was deaf because then they would have just washed my hands. <laughs> and it's a silly joke, but there was, there was about 400 people at the show and the deaf boy laughed. But the other 399 people took offense for him. So he didn't know anybody else was laughing. So if you were in the room, the one person who the joke was for was laughing and 399 other people were offended <laughs> for the guy laughing. And so she had reached out and said, you know, I can't come to the shows. So I did a bunch of, she provided for me the closed captioning people there. It's called CART, C-A-R-T. So I'm hiring one on September 19th. So, and we've given 75 tickets to the Canadian Heart of Hearing Association. And so they're going to give them to their people so that they can come to the show. And um, then I thought, well, you know what? If we're bringing in the Canadian Heart of Hearing Association, my dad lost his vision to macular degeneration because of diabetes the last, you know, the last two years of his life before he passed away. And the CNIB was amazing to us. So I reached out to the CNIB and I said, hey, would you guys want 75 tickets to the show as well? So I have the visually impaired and the heart of hearing coming to a show together and there's a comedian named Brent Ayton who actually played triple A hockey. He was a really good hockey player, a very funny comedian. And he has a joke where he goes, well, there's a, there's a school for the deaf and blind. Uh, fire alarms must be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh, no. and so you know, that, I think of his joke as I'm bringing <laughs> these 150 people together to do that. So on September 19th, the Casino Yellowhead, um, you can message me at Extra Lars if you're interested in coming or, and we're going to reach out to the communities, you know, the, you know, the disabled communities and, and I have her account up here. So I want to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm getting the, the terminology correct so as not to offend anybody, but she's a deaf artist, follow her um, and uh, really looking forward to the show. So Lars, you said that this is the first time you've ever done the, the closed captioning kind of thing. Yes. But I, I do remember a story you told me about, I believe it was in Germany where you did a show to a crowd of people that didn't speak la your language. Yeah. Speak English. yeah. I did a show in Bonn, Germany. So <laughs> they, I did a show in Cologne and it went well uh, at a Playboy Club. There's an actual like Hugh Hefner endorsed Playboy Club in Cologne, Germany and did a show there. It went great. And then I did, they invited me to do another show and that went well. So they invited me to Bonn. So I went to Bonn to do a show. And when I got there, they said, nobody in the crowd speaks English. You, we will still pay you and you don't have to do the show. And I'm like, I'm definitely doing the show. <laughs> so there was an, I, I kind of copped the idea from Saturday Night Live. So there was an old, if, if people were like hard of hearing, the idea was they used to have signers in the corner of the television. And so this guy just yelled louder. So I was going to bring up this very funny comedian named Manuel Wolf, who Dan has met. Yep. So Manuel Wolf, um, who has a TED Talk, he's very funny. So uh, he speaks, he's bilingual, so he speaks English. So I wanted him to come up, and, and the idea was that we were going to look like we were translating it, but instead he was just going to yell my jokes louder in English. <laughs> and, and I thought it was going to be hilarious. So as he comes on stage and he's just going to be next to me yelling my jokes louder, um, 
they hand him a microphone. And so I'm like, oh, this totally ruins the bit because now he can't yell. Like I could, this, this ruins the bit. He can't have a microphone. Otherwise the joke is ruined. And so I'm like, now what are we going to do? So I'm supposed to do 15 minutes. So I do 15 minutes and now he's actually translating the jokes into German. And we look like complete buffoons. <laughs> we look com- like the most incompetent comedy duo of all time. People were falling off their chairs. Like it was the funniest because people were like, these guys are cl- idiots. These guys are morons. And people came up to us after the show and said, where can we see you next? They thought that was our act. Like they <laughs> believe <laughs> that this was like, oh, this is hilarious. This is really funny that you guys are this, that you look idiotic. I'm like, no, we are that idiotic. It's not an act. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was a bond. And then we got to do a comedy show in Cologne again. We did it at Boeing Comedy Club, B-O-I-N-G, Boeing, which Manuel Wolf runs. If you're ever in Cologne, go. And uh, the show was awesome. It was a really fun show. Well, I'm happy you're here. Happy that you, we have an Oilers fan in here that can tell some jokes and try to add some levity to what has been a dark situation around here. Of course, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant for making it all possible. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Most importantly, at the Nation Oilers Nation Open on August 29th, our friends at Sherwood Ford could be giving away the Nation truck to somebody if they hit a hole-in-one on that specific Sherwood Ford hole. And they really want to give that truck away. I really want them to as well. They're Jay like has been looking, Jay's been looking doughy. He hasn't been walking enough. I feel like he needs to get mobile, and taking away his truck would be a good start. So I want to thank Sherwood Ford, the giant, for making this all possible. Lars, back to being an Oilers fan. I'm curious if the sadness of being an Oilers fan, does that make you a better comedian? Can you can you find some bright spots in what has been an otherwise dark existence for people that cheer for the blue and orange? I absolutely can. And if you're if there are entertainers tuned in, we might not have thought about this. So in 2006, when we went on that run, so I started comedy in Edmonton in 2003. So 2006, we go on this massive run. We go to the finals. I was doing a show, I believe it was for, it doesn't really matter, Youth Emergency, Y-E-S-S, Youth Emergency Shelter Society. Yep. So, so we're doing a show for them, and it's a fundraiser. And it's during, I think, game five, or whichever one went into overtime. It was the one that went into double overtime during that playoffs. And we were so late getting the show started that they shut off all of the televisions and started the comedy show. <laughs> like, we can't wait anymore. Let's just shut off the TVs and get the comedy show started. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like people, to ask them if they want to see the comedy show or if they want to see this, they shut off the TVs. Nothing will set you up for some laughs more than pissing everyone off. <laughs> sure. So when it comes to comedy, the comedians who started, and most of the comedians in Edmonton would have started in the past 10 years at most. You know, anybody, I've been doing it for 16 years, so most of the guys are in the, you know, and girls are in the, in the five to 10 year range. They've never had to face playoff hockey in their career until just recently. So the comedians in Winnipeg have shows canceled left and right because they have playoff hockey every year and every the city shuts down. I mean, people are at a bar if they're not at the game or if they're watching. Everybody stops what they're doing to watch the games. And Edmonton's a huge hockey town. So you've been able to develop better as a comedian, as an Oilers fan, because you've never had to contend with playoff hockey. And so when we went, finally made the playoffs and, and we advanced to the second round, the comedians were having comedy shows canceled or the bars simply would go, whether it's a game night, 
we're not doing that comedy show. And so if I was on the road and somebody would say, oh, you know Oilers fan? And I go, yeah. And they go, how do you feel about how they've been? I'm like, well, they owe me about $3,000 because <laughs> during the 2006 playoff run, they canceled enough of my shows that I'm like, hey, look, I'll be a full-on fan again if you give me my three grand. And so, yeah, the, not having to contend with playoff hockey has allowed comedy to, to develop very well in Edmonton. I look forward to a long run in the playoffs to kind of mess with all the local, <laughs> the other comics. So if you see that the team is trending well, let's say January, February, March, are you going to stop scheduling shows around the city for that kind of timeline in April? But you can't predict if they're going to go to five games or six games. Mm. You can't predict when the games, because they don't necessarily release the lineups mm. the same way they do the season. So I have a show in Spruce Grove coming up at Shots Lounge at the end of September. Well, I deliberately avoid Oilers games. If you're in a sports bar, you just avoid Oilers games. And I did a show for Carpet Superstore. that I did their Christmas party one year. And I think Al Hamilton was their sponsor. Good. And he was, I was there and there was, this was like 10 years ago. And I remember, they, I'm like, are you guys going to shut off the TVs? And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was in like a sports bar. And I was doing well. And all of a sudden, 120, 150 people stopped watching me. And they all immediately turned their heads. I'm like, what is going on? And I turn and look, and there's a hockey fight. Oh. And so they all stopped watching me, and they were all watching the hockey fight. And I'm like, I'm waiting. I felt like <laughs> Wayne and Garth in the middle of the road when I'm like, car, <laughs> game on. Like, I had to stop a comedy show for a hockey fight. And that's like, yeah, that's. And when Oilers games fall on Sunday, you know, comedy at Urban Tavern every Sunday, um, we will do comedy between the periods. Like, it's hilarious where you're, as a hockey town, it's. You avoid. You do everything you can to avoid the games because that's what everybody wants to do. Where's your favorite spot in the city to do comedy? Oh man, good question. Well, the comic strip in West Edmonton Mall was my has been my home club since it opened in 2004. So, I I tried to do a rough estimate. I think I've done about 15 or 1600 shows at the comic strip. Like five years of my life has been spent inside that comedy club. So it's like a second home. Um, the Druid was probably one of my favorites. It was tough, but it kept you honest. Um, but anywhere there's a, a you know, couple of audience members who are attentive. I, I love it all, man. Um, I got to play the, and this is a bit of a name drop, but I don't, I, I had always wanted to play the Jubilee Auditorium. So I've done the Winspear Center. I've done all the other big theaters. I've done the Citadel. And I, I got to open for Joan Rivers at the Jubilee Auditorium. Oh, wow, legend. Yeah, and so I toured with her a few times, but doing I wanted to get down and kiss the stage because that was my Carnegie Hall. Like The Jubilee Auditorium was something I had always wanted to do, and walking out on that stage was one of my favorite. I'm like, I'm, I'm playing to 2,000 people at the Jubilee Auditorium. This is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking of cool, Alish Hemsky was trending Canada-wide again this week when Zach Stortini jumped on the Jason Greger show and told a story about when he was a rookie. He told a story about how he was up in the NHL for about a week when the team played the credit card roulette game for dinner. He was picked. However, the bill that came out was more than what he had in his bank account. <laughs> Alish Hamsky, local favorite, was could tell that the rookie was distraught by the bill, quietly walked over to him, said he had it, took care of the bill and told absolutely no one. And nobody knew about the story until just this week when Stortini told it on Gregor's show. And that kind of kicked off a round of Alice Hemsky love. Everybody in the city loves him. However, we were just doing Inside the Nation a little bit before you got here. Lars and Dusty was talking about how he doesn't understand necessarily why everybody loves Hemsky so much. The reason he said that is because by the time he arrived in Edmonton, 
Hemsky was already on the downturn of his career. He was kind of banged up. He was a little bit older and he was on his way out. Dan, I want to start with you. If you could to explain to one Dustin Nilsson why everybody loves Alish Hemsky, what would you tell him? I think the easiest answer, and it just and it it's always been like my answer for Edmonton fans in general. The teams that Edmonton fans have loved the most are the teams that they feel try the hardest. And and whether that's a you know, that's not a that's not a thing you can find on a stat sheet. That's not a f- a fact that anybody can really agree to, but I feel like Hemsky was one of those guys that back in that time was always out on the ice, always working his butt off, getting destroyed by Robin Regeer at every turn. He was, you know, he would, he would spend three and four days on the IR kind of thing. And then he'd be back out there. And he was the classic, if only we had so-and-so Hemsky would be this much better. And he was always that guy that Euler fans believe there was an untapped potential that we watched management waste away every year. So I think that that Euler fans in general love effort. They love his effort, and then they just love the fact that that there was there was supposed to be a player there. There should have been a player there, and we were never able to see that. And so there's that like folk lore built behind him. Cam, you were a young man when the Oilers went to their Cup final run in 2006. That was Al- Alex personal best year. Do you have an attachment to Hemmer, or are you one of those guys who don't really get it? Uh. I, I I wasn't over overly attached to Hemsky per se. Tyler just put the microphone right, <laughs> right in his face. I, I That's now, some good I, producing I by Tyler right there. I can't see now. I can't see Cam right anymore. Go ahead. I'm literally right behind this thing. Uh, okay, you have to repeat the question to me. Back to Alex Hemsky, you were a young fuck. man. Do you okay, like him? Yeah, Do you Hemsky. care? I I never had like a massive attachment to Hemsky personally. Um, I. I, I think a lot of it's tainted by how rapidly his game declined as the others kind of moved into their rebuild and how poor of asset management it was that they didn't trade him at the peak of his value. I remember there was it was during the season when they traded Penner and got the Cliff Bomb pick and Colton Tubert. There was talk about trading Hemsky for like Braden Shen. I remember being like super excited about that and then it didn't happen. So then I kind of became frustrated in regards to Alex Hemsky. I don't know if that's rational or not, but I just I just remember a player that like steeply declined. I, I remember him being like my first ever favorite oiler. Like I was, we've talked before, but I was like eight, nine years old when they went on that cup run. And it was like, man, I loved Alex Hemsky because I think another reason why Oilers fans liked him is because in that era of hockey, it was like the big, you know, scoring was kind of down. It was the big, tough, physical NHL. And Hemsky was this like offensively creative guy. He went out there and he, he entertained you every time he was on the ice. You just reminded me of something. CBC had a show where they had like, digital versions representing each Canadian team. And it was like a different player. It was like this mini series that they ran, mm. but Hemsky was our identity. He was a young playmaking guy that I can't remember how the show went, but anyways, Hemsky was that like unidentified character for Edmonton. Calgary had, I think it was Fanuf at the time, like a big yeah. burly defenseman. You had uh, the captain and Matt Sundin kind of character that kind of thing where it was just like, but it was like our identity. He was our guy. He was the guy that we pointed to at that time to be the, to be the next one for us. But I always found he was such a blue balls player. Like he looked like he was going to be so good, but then it just, it just never happened. Oh, and, and it was, I don't blame him though. It was like injuries, nagging stuff like that, but it was just, it was always a frustrating player and he would pass first. He'd never shoot. That was that was always the thing. People wanted to see Hemsky shoot more. And he was one of those guys that had he had so much skill that he just looked like he was dicking around. Like he yeah. never looked like he was skating hard. Yeah. And it was just like agitating to watch. Yeah. I find. I thought I think that the that the effort was was the reason that people like him so much. I 
Alexander McGilney was to me the player who personified talent that he didn't try. Alexander McGilney looked like he could take shifts off here and there, ah, whatever. He wasn't disinterested in it. I never saw Hemsky look disinterested. It looked like he, and yeah, he was, he, you know, he was getting rocked yeah. <laughs> all the time. It's like a book burger with more talent. Yeah. Like that's how it felt. And, and there was a local comedian who, I like it when my friends are huge fans of somebody. And there was a, one of my favorite local comedians, um, Andrew Iwanek, was the biggest Hemsky fan in the world. And so he would just, he's the most talented, he's the most talented. So I got behind Hemsky because of Andrew Iwanek. I'm like, and I think half the time he was messing with people. Just He's like, no, Hemsky's the most talented player in the league. You know, and that's. <laughs> well, and, and that was the thing too, that this whole, that this whole love for Hemsky, because this, because this was something that was bubbling from like two weeks ago. So Nariman. Issa. Yeah, Narmanisa came out on Twitter and said he was her favorite player, her favorite oiler of all time, and that just like blew people's minds. Because how could she love a guy that wasn't Wayne Gretzky or Connor McDavid? I don't know. Anyways, she started that up, and then yeah, the Stortini story just like refired it up, and the pro Hemsky side came out all guns a blazing for him now, and here we are. Yeah, she really she knows as much about sports and hockey as anybody I've ever met, and it really entertained me to have people mansplain hockey to well, her yeah, yeah i love that she handed people their at like oh yeah she, she'll yeah. dunk on you oh, yeah. she will she'll yeah, dunk yeah. on you every time yeah. <laughs> i loved it i loved it speaking of love i love our friends at sherwood ford the giant dan they are fantastic people they are they have wonderful vehicles lars if you ever need a new truck you head on out to sherwood park beautiful sherwood park alberta and you see our friends at sherwood ford the giant follow them on twitter at sherwood ford and on instagram at sherwood ford underscore the giant again i want to mention that if you are playing in the oilers nation open on august 29th you are going to have a chance to win the nation truck you need to practice your aim you need a little bit of luck you need to summon the gods sink the hole put it home Go actually, home with a pink slip to a brand new truck like your Fast and the Furious Golf Edition. Go ahead, Dan. And actually, also bag milk this month on August 17th, the Nation Truck is going to be a part of what's called the Chase the Cure Yeg Edition. So they're going to be out at the Watasco Inn Raceway, and uh, we're going to be uh, racing to beat cancer. An excellent cause with excellent people. Thank you to our friends at Sherwood Ford for making it all possible. We were talking about Alex Hemsky. I want to stick with former Oilers. I want to keep this moving because what you don't see, fair listeners, is that it's a thousand <laughs> degrees in this room. We're all dying and melting. I'm very unhappy right now. So I'm just going to soldier on and I'm doing this for you. Don't say I don't do anything for you, people. All of us are here making sacrifices. Cam Talbot did an interview with Sportsnet on Sunday. He obviously signed in Calgary with the Flames. We did a little bit of a wife swap with him and Mike Smith where they are changing spots. He kind of explained what went wrong last year. Uh, and what he was looking forward to. So he said, the Battle of Alberta has always been a heated rivalry, and I've been part of it for four years, so it's always exciting. I'm excited for the opportunity to switch sides. Up until last year, I've had a pretty good career number. From there, he kind of talks about how there was a lot of pressure on him. It was kind of the same thing Lucic said a little bit, where there was a lot of pressure on him, tried to do too much. Wheels fell off, couldn't get them back. The, The train fell off the rails, and it just never got back on for him. So he says, I think I've proven myself, so I'm excited about getting back to what has made me successful, getting off on the right foot in Calgary. Riddich has played ex- played extremely well last year, and, it took kind- and he took the starting spot and earned his right to battle for it. I'm going in, and I want to compliment him while also adding some competition. So I'm curious to think what you guys think. Lars, I'll start with you. What do you think about Cam Talbot landing in Calgary, and do you have the fears that I do 
the four times that the Oilers play the Flames that he is going to absolutely dominate us, which is the former Oiler curse that I've been dreading since I was a small child. Well, backup goaltenders have had our number forever. It's been a bit humiliating. Uh, you know, and a, if a goaltender's on a cold streak, they play us and, and all of a sudden they're, they're you know, Vesna. <laughs> so I... I, I feel like, um, you know, in Germany, uh, Dan took us to the hotel where the Oilers were staying, and the only Oiler uh, whose hand I shook was Talbot. So I feel like somehow this is my fault <laughs> to start with. <laughs> um, really in a roundabout way, Dan. But um, So I did shake his hand outside the hotel in Germany, and he proceeded to have a terrible season. I'm not, I mean, I don't know how he's going to do in Calgary. He is an aging goaltender. Um, and I know it's hard to, it doesn't matter what they do off the ice because it's their job to perform on the ice. But he and his wife were such a great part of the community. Yeah. You know, so so again, it doesn't have anything to do with the, the team itself. But I didn't see him getting better as aging goaltenders. I mean, their reflexes don't get better. And if his career save percentage, I think, was 918, you know, or 915. 915. And so... If if he's not, you know, I didn't see him getting better, so I was okay with letting him go. Signing an, a, another older goaltender for that for, for what we signed him for, who's unproven, I can't believe that Torelli did that. But um, I'm okay with him being in Calgary. I do think he is going to own us when he comes here. Um, I don't see him stealing the starting job there. Um, you know, that's not, I, I you know, I, I, I don't think that he's going to do that as a goal. I mean, he was a backup in, New York, and then we gave him an opportunity, and he had yeah. a season and a half that were okay, but he'd let in one soft goal a year. And I have a qu- I want to ask you guys, you can ask, uh, answer this at the end of the show, every goaltender from Dubnik, all these guys who come yeah. through, we just, is our goaltending coaching that bad, or is our defense bad enough to make these guys look that bad? I, I think it's probably a combination of all those things. Like, I'm sure there is somewhere you could look on the staff and be like, are the Oilers doing enough? Like, you hear in with uh, everywhere Barry Trotz goes, Mitch Korn goes, because he's the goaltending guru, right? He always finds a way to fix these goalies. He gets a lot of credit for fixing Dubnik as well during his brief stop in Nashville. I, I do think, though, there's something to be said about just the amount of chances the Oilers give up makes goaltenders look worse. Like, that's... Cam Talbot did have a career year, though. Um, The one thing I hate, though, with the Talbot quote, and Lucic said it too, they go off talking about, oh, there's lots of pressure. I felt I was really feeling the pressure. Like you're a pro fucking athlete, man. Like no shit, there's pressure. Every <laughs> athlete deals with pressure. At least with Ta- in Talbot's defense versus the Lucic saying that I was playing and I was putting too much pressure on myself. Yeah, is like Talbot looked like he was actually having games where he was worth his weight and yeah, you know, in contract. Whereas Lucic was, you know, unless he was playing on Cam's night of the goal draft, he was. Uh, he was never, never really performing that at that high level that you would expect from a six million dollar guy. So yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's. I think, I think Lars put it, put it well when he said like when you have, when you have a guy like Talbot and his wife doing all that they do in the community, that's an easy way to endear yourself to a fan base, and you, you make fans that way without even having to play a game on the ice. I think that. I I don't know. I guess I guess I feel like Smith and Talbot are going to be pretty much equal for us. Uh, they'll both push their guy in front of them uh, to be better. I hope that Smith can come in and and help Koskinen in a little bit with uh, with some of the parts of his game. I think that the the goaltending coach is also an issue there as well. But that's I mean who knows? We don't we don't know at the end of the day. It's still Dustin Schwartz, correct? 
Yes. Yeah. So, so you don't know at the end of the day, if he's, if he's helping, if he's hurting, what he's doing. When we talked to Grant Fear last week, he said that goaltending coaches, which he didn't have until the, what was it? The nineties? It was when he was in Buffalo. He got his yeah, first goalie so coach. He, when he was, until he was in Buffalo, he didn't have a coach. Um, but what those guys do for him is they were just taking some of the, like some of the pressure and the stress off of them. So when you hear Talbot saying there's too much pressure on me and too much stress, well, maybe, maybe Schwartz needs to work on that side of things or, or the Oilers do in general, but. Cam, what do you think about Cam? Cam on Cam, go. Like me on myself? <laughs> yes, in general. I would like to hear about you. Go ahead. Were you uh, under too much pressure last year? Yeah, you guys put a tremendous amount of pressure on me to always perform. Tyler shoves the mic in my face and thinks I should just be ready to offer a good take. Now he's adjusting it again. <laughs> my guess is that Cam Talbot is substantially better than Miko Koskinen, and that decision continues to look stupid, oh, no. which it is. But my other guess is Mike Smith is better than both of them. Ooh. Okay, that's, uh, that's my right. hot take. I so, think Cam Talbot's going to be okay in Calgary. I think Miko Koskinen's going to be hot garbage, and I think Smith's going to be pretty good here. So you think Mike Smith will be the best goalie in Alberta next season? No, I, th- I think Big Save Dave will be the number one guy in Calgary. Okay, and the reason I'm adjusting your mic so much is because you, you don't need, want me to talk. No, you need to be right on the mic when I you am started right on the mic. Well, now you are because I put the mic in your face. Before <laughs> you were like reclined back in your seat, you were like ten inches yeah, away from the mic. Hot in here. So. <laughs> Proper mic presence knows no temperature. The microphone is giving him off heat too much, so he has to back up. Don't make me turn this podcast around. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm not getting any any of the faint breeze from the window anymore since you put it right in front of me. It's because I closed it. There is no faint breeze. It is just a sweaty nightmare. Oh, I thought thought there was a faint breeze. Maybe that was just all in my head. You you do sound better with the mic closer, though. We've got five adult men in here all sweating and just gross. Which, for people who might not be familiar with what you guys look like, I mean, you know, there's enough videos that people might be familiar, but for people listening to this who don't know, you guys would make a really good boy band. Like there's Absolutely. diversity in the looks. Yeah. You know, everybody has their favorite, like it's the dangerous one, the pretty boy. Like you guys would make a really good boy band, I think. Wait, yeah. who's who then? Thanks for looking at me when you, you said pretty boy. You gotta go through and boy. say who's who. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, we, we all have the names down. The yeah. Tyler, Cam, yeah. Bagged Milk, yeah. Dan, <laughs> sure. I like, uh, you said it's a hot, sweaty nightmare. That could be the name of the podcast, episode 47, A Hot, Sweaty Nightmare with Lars Caillou. Exactly Consider it done. <laughs> Consider it done. The hot, sweaty nightmare. I feel like we is. should have a wah pedal in the background for the whole, t- if that's going to be the wah Yeah. It is just, like, listen, people, this is free content that you're not going to get anywhere else <laughs> talking about being gross in an August afternoon, trying to crowbar Oilers content when there's nothing going on. Speaking of which, you got nothing going on. Maybe you're feeling hungry. <laughs> what? Lars, great Lars segues. has never heard Thank your you. segues. Oh, sure. My yeah, segues are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they're wonderful. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of doing nothing, maybe you're hungry, maybe you're sweaty, maybe it's too hot to cook in your house and you're feeling a little peckish. That's why you should go check out our friends at skipthedishes.ca. Why? They've got restaurants that will deliver t- straight to your door from anywhere. You want soup? I don't know why you'd want soup today. It's hot. You could get soup if you want it. You want pizza? Go for it. Tacos? Cam loves tacos. Miracle treat day? Miracle treat day? Would they come and just dump like a hot tub or a cold tub of water on me right now? I believe they would. I believe that uh, is available from several restaurants around the city. Just get like 10 Dasani water bottles dropped off and just I'll, I'll go lay down in the back kind of like on a slip and slide and they'll just dump it on me. I'm pretty but, sure if you tip your driver enough, he'll do whatever he wants. So if you just want him to dump the water on you, I think he'd probably you mean go what, for it. What do you mean whatever? There might be limits to that. To that we'll, we'll have well, to move the Depends how big the tip is. Depends how big the tip is. You're going to have to go off. You're going to have to stray from the set percentages that they have in there. You're going to have to go rogue and you're going to have to submit something that, you know, you got to make it intriguing. 
tip, the dishes tip more than, than your meal. <laughs> tip three times your meal and he will dump it on you. I guarantee it. There you go. Well, big thing that happened this week on the internets is the story that came out that Nikita Gusev would be wearing number 97. How dare he? Cam wrote about it yesterday and what would you do Wednesday talking about should that number be off limits? And he listed some <laughs> names of players that have worn 97 in the past. He also listed a couple of people that have worn 99 in the past. Only what do you Wayne think Gretzky, about... Right? No, there, <laughs> there was, was a, not only Wayne there was, there was players beyond him wearing it at the same time. There was other 66 at the same time as Lemieux. Donald Brashear was wearing 87 when Crosby was in the league. I wonder... I just... Sorry, bag milk. I just wonder if, like, newspapers at the time were like, like if the Edmonton Journal was writing an article about how Wolf Payment is disrespecting Wayne Gretzky by wearing his number. Well, back in those days, you only had to come up with one post every other day. You know That's what I mean? true. So That's now you true. have to just knock out content and just make things up. So my question for everybody, Lars, I'm going to start with you. Does anybody care that Nikita Gusev is wearing 97 just because Connor McDavid? Where is that number? No, if if I, I delight in a, in a life of ease for people, I want people to have an easy life. If this is what you're concerning yourself with day to day, then I'm happy for you. I if say you, that all the time. You know what? I'm like, if you're getting mad about this, if something goes bad in your life, you must be having nuclear meltdowns. Well, no, not even that. Like, if let's say this is let's say this is literally l- the biggest problem you face in your life. Like, you wake up in the morning, your bills are paid, your car's running, your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband loves you. You know, you're not arguing with anybody about Hemsky and, and you have air conditioning in your office, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. If you're like, oh man, you know what I'm mad about today? Somebody who's wearing 97. Like that's your, that's your whole, that's it for the day. You're like, well, okay, now I've dealt with that. Now I'm going to move. Like, that's wonderful. So I think it's, I, I, if you are genuinely concerned about this, I hope that this is the only concern you have in your entire life. If there's nothing else that if you're getting mad about somebody else wearing 97, to me, it seems like you have a lot of problems and you're (laughs) projecting. You think so? Yeah, 100%. If you're sitting there getting mad online about Nikita Nikita Gusev's number, I think you're you're definitely compensating. Well, but I hope it's it's the other way. Oh, I hope it is too. I I agree with you. But to me, it seems like these are the. These are the angry commenters that we get in our mentions all the time, and it seems that they're very angry and they're looking sure. for a so, they're, for a tunnel to kind of throw that at someone. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, if you're looking for a reason to get mad, if but again, you might have so few problems in your life that you're like, and and if, for me personally, he hasn't done anything to prove himself. Uh, by that I mean he's a four, he's five, five, like he's not even he's a kid still. So it's like that number isn't legendary the way that Gretzky's is, and even if somebody wanted to wear ninety nine. The, the hockey world would roll their eyes. We'd be like, are you serious? I mean, we've retired at league-wide, but you're like, what? You're out of your mind. Like, nobody would do that anyway. So, so 66, like, when that happened, it's not retired league-wide. So Lemieux came out and said, I don't care. Like, it's not like... It's <laughs> Isn't not it also, like, a good thing? Like, what if it was his favorite player growing up? It was. That's why so he was... So he's like, I want to wear yeah. the number of my favorite player. Why that's, is that seen as a disrespect? It's a, it's a, the ultimate show of respect, sure. So, so here's the question for you guys, because some of you guys around the table play beer league. When a guy wears 99 or 97 in beer league, are you chirping him harder? Yeah, yeah they're losers. 100%. Exactly. <laughs> but 97 isn't a legendary number yet. I played a uh, beer league team that had like nicknames on the back of their jersey, and one guy wore 97 with the last name McDavid. 
and we we torched him the whole game. And he deserves justifiably to be. so. In my opinion, in Edmonton, if you're like, what number do I want? Does my thirty year old ass want to be in beer league? Oh, 97, like Connor. Grow up. You're you're no like you're proving a point. Like if you're good, you wear that. And you can earn it, but like if you're bad, then you get made fun of. And this guy with the nickname '97 was like one of the worst guys. And it but was like, but even if you're good in beer league and you're wearing '97, then it's just like, man, wh- who are you trying to prove? Like, do you tr- wear number '97? No, but I'm actually good, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what number do you wear? So uh, '89, Sam Gagne, baby. <laughs> so this comes off as a little hypocritical, though. Why is it not? Because goose, you're not you're okay with people being yeah, upset I, about beer league guys wearing it. It's but not. It's not upset. It's just like you you deserve to get teased for it. Okay. Yeah, you deserve like, to get chirped if you wear right. Okay, so so if like the crowd gets if if we get you know the crowd going on, we can tease goose. Isn't yeah, and 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 players in the something. league can tease goose for that choice. Okay. Sure, they can be but, like, you're not fucking McDavid, you weirdo. Yeah, but I mean, if we would go to uh, Mark Messier, if we go to Jagger, if we go to you know Bobby Orr, if we go to like how many numbers are? I mean, we need these three-digit numbers. Sure, let's see. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> but but I'm okay. I'm personally fine with somebody wearing 97 at this point. Ten years from now, maybe not. But it's like 42 in baseball. Like they retired 42, and there was there was one player, yeah. Mariano, Mariano Rivera, Rivera yeah, who was 42. one of my favorite. But that was a sign of respect. He was wearing that number deliberately, and it was a sign of respect. So now, if somebody said, "I'd really like to wear number four," well, it's retired, but it's like that's your favorite player. Like it's yeah. fine. So, as I mentioned, Cam wrote about this yesterday, so I dove into the old comment section to give you guys a little taste of what Uh was going on in there. And uh, it was interesting. I'm going to start off with a friend of the nation. Well, I mean, you know, Sirius Gord. He came in with 99 should not be off limits. The NHL overdid it the same way the Canucks did when they retired Stan Schmiel's number. Thoughts? See, I don't get the hate like, I, get, I mean, I get it, and, it, and it's, it comes back to the beer league kind of thing where it's like when the Canucks retire a number, they're retiring guys that have never won a cup for them because the Canucks haven't won a cup. So, like, I get chirping them for it, but they're also just, like, it's their own history. It's their own, it's their own team, so they're going to they're gonna give the guys that they, that they love and they respect the, the respect that they feel they deserve. As an aside, I wore number 97 in Pee Wee Triple A oh, summer hockey deck. Unbelievable. That was about... Uh, what a flex. Uh, no, thank you. That was about <laughs> 21 years ago, if I'm doing my math correctly. So, so maybe honestly, Connor's I'm thinking homage. that Connor is paying homage to me. There you go. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. <laughs> Wally C jumped in with, there's certainly no law against wearing any number. That being said, it is a very foolish idea to wear a number that is associated with the generational talent. It just looks makes you look arrogant. Cam, do you agree with that? that, that yeah, that's the point that I find is, is fair. Like, um, There's nothing wrong with wearing it. You can wear it. It's not against the rules. I mean, I don't give a shit, but like you could get teased by guys in the league for it when you're totally justified. I don't know, fans can make fun of you too. And well, and that was the thing with Hosang when he wore 66, yeah. was that he was getting chirped mercilessly. Like, do you think you're Mario Lemieux and you, yeah. I don't know, you got to either like play well to justify it or like stand up for yourself? I, it's, I think it's good for content, so I enjoy it. But what if, what if you got the jersey signed by Mario and you wore that on the ice? So he's wearing, yeah. I'd respect that. He's wearing an autographed Josh Hosang jersey signed by Mario Lemieux on the ice. What about, that'd be okay, right? That'd be, cool. that'd be a hell of an auction item. <laughs> you'd be able to make up some of the money you'd be, uh, you'd be missing out on. Oilers for Life chimes in, says it's not a rule. It's an unwritten rule. 97 is McDavid's oh, number. Those McDavid. are my favorite rules. The no such thing as unwritten rules. If you want there to be rules, you write them down. Well, exactly. you guys, and you're, 
You're a huge baseball fan, and baseball has the most. Baseball's got a bigger, rules. like a baseball's got a huge ass rule book because a weird sport, and then they have this bigger book of unwritten rules, and it's not a book, but it's everyone argues about this shit all the time. My favorite one from baseball is the guy who was out at third, not happy about it, and made a straight line to his own dugout, and he touched the mound. Can't he touched that. the dirt of the mound, and the team went ape shit. Ape shit, because he's walking off the field out, and he walked. He dared to walk on their mound. Like it was just, it's just un, unspoken rules are my favorite. Mine too. Like my favorite one, Tyler. I'm gonna give you the mic next because I know you're a baseball guy. Mine is bat flips. There is oh, yes. nothing flips. I enjoy more than a bat flip and how pissed off the pitchers get about it. Hey, bro, you threw one down Broadway and he smashed it. That's on you, not 100%. him. Hundred percent. Baseball is about entertainment. Throw the bat. Baseball is about going outside and drinking. <laughs> not entertainment. It's not entertainment. That's actually an okay point. Um, I, as someone who spent Thanks. literally every single day of this past long weekend at a baseball diamond, humble I would break. agree with you. Wow. It's not really a humble brag. That's saying I had to work every single day over the long weekend. But no, I agree with Fucking you. Fucking job both. guy over here. Yeah, big, big job guy. <laughs> I am. Hey, that's my flex. I'm gainfully employed. Uh, In this economy, that's a <laughs> big deal. <laughs> Um, no, I agree. Like, if a guy wants to take his bat and throw it into the stands, man, like, you whatever. You can't do that. You would hurt somebody. Come on. I'm the done. souvenirs. You can have the mic back. All the teams are expanding their netting, so you can't do that. Don't listen to Tyler. Don't throw your bat at people. Or. That's a written a, rule. It's a challenge now. So if you can get your bat over the netting, yes. you should be allowed. That's when the bat flip is allowed, is if you connect with a fan. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be able to clear the netting though yeah. Lars do you have a favorite unwritten rule in sports be it baseball or whatever uh, you know I, when I because I bring over a lot of international comedians to perform in Canada who haven't performed before and I usually show them some of the code that goes along with fights in hockey um, I, I used to like it a lot when there was a guy with a visor if he was fighting somebody without a visor he would take his helmet off I liked that um, I liked I always liked it where um, if you were going to fight somebody, you you wouldn't do it at the end of their shift. So you just let them know, hey, look, we got something to settle here. And when you're back out on the ice, we'll do this. So I don't want you at your worst. I want you at your best. So I like those. Uh, the code of respect. Um, I, I like I like a beanball. I, you know, when I was playing uh, when I was playing triple B baseball in uh, like D level baseball, yeah, man. I, I was a terrible pitcher. But I had this this guy stepped up and he 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 took his bat and he he. To hit all the shale into my catcher's face and so i threw a pitch hit him right in the middle of the back and my coach was like control control Lars." i'm like that was exactly where i was <laughs> aiming like that was the best pitch i threw all day and so i like the, the i like the code of respect you do something like you're gonna flip the bat while you're gonna you're gonna take one in the leg that reminds <laughs> me of another one i like in baseball with guys crowding the plate and they'll just heat it right down the <laughs> sure. middle like that's so funny to me that's so funny to me. Um, moving on from the jersey thing, I think we can all agree nobody gives a shit. I my thing. Well, some is, people give a shit, but they shouldn't. Yeah, they should not give a shit. You need to go my outside thing and is, take a deep breath. If Gusev completely shits the bed this season, that's going to be hilarious because picking ninety-seven and having a terrible year would be hysterical. I hope he scores fifty and thirty-eight. Oh wow! <laughs> Breaking records. Coming yeah, in, he scores fifty and thirty-eight, and he comes out the next shift wearing ninety-nine. <laughs> Flips the whole crowd off. Yeah, I the think. Oilers franchise folds. <laughs> See, my my angle on it is, I, I think the only number that Oilers fans should care about is who's going to wear sixty-nine full time. 
for the Are first you allowed to wear a 69 league? Because I know in um, there's other leagues that don't allow it. The for NBA real? doesn't allow it. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Dennis Rodman tried to wear a 69 and the league said no. Andrew Dayhardane, didn't he wear it with the Sharks? What? Who? Who? Dayhardane. David Dayhardane? No, Andrew. Andrew. And like the or, other one. Okay, we're, we're in. I'm yeah. sure there's been 69s, but I'm talking like, I want like a full-time, like, star Cassian the league has ha- to market. Cassian has to wear it. They're, yeah. He's the only guy who would you be like, okay, we believe that. Yes. Yeah, I can see Rafi man. Torres having worn a, six, worn a 69. Andrew Dayhardet oh, with the Sharks wore number 69. What a pull that was. The fact that you knew that is unbelievable. <laughs> Big 69 like, guy. That is, that is somebody whose mind is so busy that he was not worried about jersey stuff. He's like, I yeah. got other things. to. I got... It might, they're one of my favorite comedians is Kathleen Madigan, and she has a joke where uh, um, she goes, you know, this is important information. And she goes, yeah, but, I mean, i got things in my brain I can't erase. Like, the, here's a story of a man named Brady. It's like, I can't erase that file. Like, that file's in there forever. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Yep. So looking at it, Andrew Desjardins, as um, as Tyler said, wore 69 with the Sharks. Alex Burmistrov, this was in the KHL, wore 69 with Akbar's Kazan. And Nicholas Backstrom. When he went over and played for Dynamo Moscow in the KHL, he wore a 69 as well. And I see that a Leafs player, McKegg, it could be a Marley's player. I have no idea. But he also, or Greg? Greg McKegg. Was it Greg McKegg? Greg McKegg. That guy's name was Greg McKegg. Greg McGreg. Oh, man. Keg McGreg. Shout out to that guy's parents and shout out to him for wearing 69. <laughs> it was also that one. Go ahead, Washington man. Capitals legend uh, Mel Angelstad. Played two games 2003 for him, wore 69. Nice. He holds a record that's still in the NHL. He tried to stab somebody with his skate. There you go. <laughs> or that was Happy Gilmore. Could have been Happy Gilmore. Could have <laughs> been this guy. Who knows? Uh, I want to go on to very quickly mention that we are on day 65 of the uh, Jesse Pugliarvi situation. Um, Jesse this, Watch. This has been going on for 100 years now. I don't want to mention it very much. Lars, I know you've written some roast jokes in your career. Yep. If you were going to roast the Jesse Pugliarvi situation... I'm sorry to put you on the spot here. No, it's good. It's if good. you could roast the situation, do you have like a quick joke that we could kind of recap this segment with just to kind of put it to bed? Sure. You want to roast Yessi Pugliarvi? Put him in this room. It's 425 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit in here. We are running on 43 minutes. We are almost done. Um, yeah, I hear. I, I, I mean, I love his. I love his confidence. You know, he has a lot of confidence for somebody who scored four goals last year. <laughs> You know, so there's like, I'm going to hold out. I'm like, okay, I think you should change your number to 97. That's what I think you should do. <laughs> Is he probably wanted to pick 97, but it was already taken, so he went 98. He wasn't allowed to wear 99. I get it. Or he thought he was better. Than, well, if that guy's 97, who's closer to Gretzky than that guy? Me, 98. Mm-hmm. Boom. You're welcome. Four mm-hmm. goals. Like, I, I, think, I think we should all hold out and go play in Europe to see if they can get a trade for us. I'm not going to show up here tomorrow. I'm going to hold out and see what happens. <laughs> has there to be inspired. Has there ever been, I know we don't want to talk about this that much, but has there ever been a player where the fan base has, in Edmonton at least, where the fan base has turned so fast on a guy? I remember Comrie. People flipped on him pretty good. That's oh, yeah. True. Yeah, Comrie was a good one. Oilers fans would do anything to explain that Taylor Hall was extremely good and then he got traded and they would do anything to say that he wasn't. Yeah. It was a, it was a snap. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't know if it's like the whole fan base though. Like I feel like it's a very I feel like loud part of them. Though. Like uh with Bag Milk being away, I've been doing a lot of like tweets and, and Instagram more than usual. And like every time I, I had like a Jesse thing, like I had Jesse photos sent to me and I was just like, No, I'm not posting it because I know that everybody hates him right now and it's fair. It's totally fair. 
It's just nonsense. You, you know think- what else is fair, Dan? The prices from our friends over at <laughs> skipthedishes.ca. No. <laughs> If you're hungry, you're feeling peckish, looking for a little lunch, looking for a little dinner, maybe you're looking to uh, have a lady or gentleman over to your place and impress them with your cooking skills, head on over to skipthedishes.ca and let them do it for you. Just get an A&W burger and be like, hey, look at how good I made this burger. Are you hey, you want, uh, you want a matzo burger or maybe a mama burger? Want to impress? You head on over to skipthedishes.ca. You find whatever you like, any cuisine you like, any restaurant you like that is listed in their options, and they will bring it straight to your door. Again, tip your driver three times the price of your meal and he'll dump it on you. I can't, you know, I'm sure that's a thing. Anyway, head on over to skipthedishes.ca. Get yourself something to eat. You need to make sure that you are well fed. The winter months are coming. Despite the fact that it's 9,000 degrees in here today, it will not be very shortly. Back to the content. Big thing that is going on right now, since we're trying to make stories up in the summer, is trying to figure out where Sam Gagne will fit in on the roster. Sam Gagne is obviously, although we, Cam and I were looking at this yesterday, the guy is 30, and you would think he was 50, based on how long he's been around. He's been to hell and back. He's been to hell and back twice, just like Meatloaf. Uh <laughs> So I'm wondering where you guys think Sam Gagne will fit in on the roster. Do you think he's going to play on the wing? Again, on uh, Inside the Nation today with Dusty, he was talking about maybe being on a third line on the right wing, maybe a fourth line center. Looking at the Oilers depth chart right now, where do you see Sam Wise fitting in? Does he fit in? Should he be here? Dan, I'll start with you. Yeah, I 100% believe he should be here. I don't. I didn't like the conversation of buying him out. Um, I think he's a. I think he's a serviceable utility knife kind of player. He is what Tobias Reader was supposed to be for us. He had got those 14 goals, we would be in the playoffs, and Lars would have been out of a couple of jobs. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just think, like, we're, we have the team we have now. We have a lot of, we have a lot of lottery tickets, and, and he's one of them to me that is a more sure thing. We know what we want or what we're going to get from him. He's got a good leadership role now that he can take, take control of at 30 years old, which you don't usually get. Is a guy that still has some talent and the leadership angle. So I think that there's a lot of pluses there. You put him in on the wing. You can put him in at center for a couple games. You can try him around everywhere. It's a great guy to have on your second power play unit to give that a little bit of stability because that unit has never had, I don't think they've been put together um, as a unit of five ever because McDavid and Dreisaitl were playing two-thirds of every power play last year as it is. So, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a good utility knife. I think he makes too much money. I agree with you on everything, but he makes too much money. Yeah, and that's, that's not his fault. That's why it would have made sense to no, but that's why it would have made sense to buy him out because he makes too much money. I think at best he's what a twelve goal scorer, twelve thirteen goals that probably might get us in the playoffs. That gets us in the playoffs. No, yeah, but at three million dollars, <laughs> you can find that for a million bucks, and they did with Josh Archibald, then with Marcus Granlund. Like you can find those guys for a million bucks. Sam Gagne at three mil really hurts your cap situation. But he like, expires this year, right? Yeah, he does. So, so they, they're going to talk about spending the money. You're not extending the money out any further, which we already have a ton of dead money on this team. And you just didn't need it anymore. Yeah, I just think when they made the decision to buy out Secker, it's like, okay, you made the decision about Secker to save three mil. Well, you could have saved two mil by buying out Gagne and you could have maybe kept Secker around and afforded everything. Like, to me, that was the decision. I just, I'm not quite sure right now if it was the right decision. Sam Gagne scores 20 goals next year and he might. He's like two years removed from doing that with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Granted, it was all on like a massive power play point heater, but. Maybe Gagne, like you said, he's only 30. So I do have high expectations, or not high expectations. I have a hope for Gagne. Um, I really like him. I'm happy he's here. It just stings that he makes $3 million. That's my point. 
Yeah. No, I get that for sure. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with Tyler in regards to I think it was a dumb decision to buy Sekiro out and, and instead keep Gagne on the roster. I think Gagne at this point, like you watched him, you watched him last year and he looked so toast. Like he's so, he's so lagging behind. He's so slow. He just looks so burnt out. He can provide value on the power play, but I, I don't know much beyond that. Like it's, it's, <clears throat> it's hard to envision like giving him a spot in the top six and giving him like key minutes or on the third line, you want that to be a checking line. Like I have no clue where this guy fits on the roster. I just think like a puzzling decision. That I just think he's a bonus to your team that you're right. Absolutely. If you can get him in at a different contract number, that's fine, but you just can't. It is what it is. He signed the deal that he signed. We traded for him. And here we are. We don't have Ryan Spooner to worry about uh, because of that trade. But I just think I just think he's a, a serviceable guy um, in the sense that you know, like we talked about it. I think it was last week we were talking about like leadership on the team and the stuff that you don't necessarily hear about. Uh, you know, from a guy like Matt Hendricks, who we decided to let walk for a million dollars. It just I just think he's a guy that gives you some intangibles that that this team direly needs. I, I know that we can't send him to the beer league because there's already a player wearing his number there. That's true. 89 so. is a very popular beer league number among superstars. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, check. a talented superstar, of course. <laughs> yeah, so we know we can't go there. Changing gears a little bit, Dan put out a very evil uh, Instagram post yesterday on official Oilers Nation on Instagram. He had a question for everybody of who you would sign for life, trade, and erase from Oilers history entirely. And he gave the three options of Connor McDavid, Alex Hemsky, and Ryan Smith. To me, this is a very evil one. I love all three of these men. Connor is very sexy now, but the other guys were sexy in the past. To me, I'll start off, I would sign Connor for life because he is the show. I would probably trade Ryan Smith because I assume he'll just come back. And then I would probably erase Hemmer from history, maybe. Anybody else? Cam, do you care? That's probably the way to do it. That makes the most sense. It's, uh, well, the Smith was the thing we already saw, right? They, they traded him away in 2006, seven, when the team tanked, and then he came back later. So we've already worked out the Smith situation. He'll come back if he gets traded. You, you can erase Connor McDavid from Oilers history. You just can't do it. Or the team has no hope for the future, and that's just, you can't do that. So you have to erase Hemsky, and you might not want to do it, but you got to. Yeah, it was a good it was a good question. It was tough. Um, I actually started three different replies to the tweet nice. and I deleted them all because yep. I couldn't. I'm like, ah, well, I mean, Connor's these, and most people who were chiming in like, yeah, they would, you know, Ryan Smith comes back. So yep. most people most people went that direction. But I was like, oh, that's I mean, that's tough. Yeah, like it, it was uh, I mean, it's the summer and like I got I had like people tell me to die and. It was, yeah. it was it was a good lot good. of good lot of anger th- yeah. thrown at me, which is fine. I I want to go at your heartstrings, and I want healthy you to and feel normal to get hurt. mad like that online. Yeah, completely no, yeah, reasonable. Exactly. So I think I think uh, Lieutenant Eric, yeah, had the best had the best take for me. It was an interesting take in that he would trade Connor, knowing that you're going to get an amazing package for you him. Love something, let it set it free. What's that? If you love something, set it free. Exactly. Uh, he would. Uh, I think it was keep. Smith forever and get rid of Hemsky, which is like, I guess like, and so when I created this game, including Connor in it was, was probably not the best idea because everybody's going to sign him for life. Yeah. It's, it's hard to walk away from that kind of talent, but 
I just like the idea of like people having to erase one of the folk heroes from their head. What if you changed the hypothetical instead of trade because trade is just like whatever. Yeah. Sign one for life. Delete one from Oilers history. Make one a flame. Yeah, and so yeah, See, like, and that would be more interesting because then it's like, okay, do you want to make Hemsky the flame, and then do you trade Smith or? That's a good idea. Like, actually, yeah, we might have cool. to we might have to throw that out from the. We'll come up with one next time. Yeah, next time you do another one, make one yeah. a career flame. Well, yeah. Who would you? What would you do in that situation? Hemsky's got to be a career think? flame. Ryan Smith can't be a Calgary flame. Yeah. Connor McDavid can't be. I mean, Hemsky's the odd man out of these three, no matter what. Do you remember like when the rumors were coming out that Smith wanted to come back from LA, and then there was a little bit of talk yep. of him potentially yeah. going to Calgary, and people up. melted down. Yeah, melted down. Hemsky ended up signing in Dallas, which is like another historically hated team, I guess. If you remember the early two thousands Oilers, but like. Yeah, there's no way I can let Smith go to the Flames. No way. No, like imagine trading in his comeback years in the early 2010s for him having that in Calgary. Like I could, no. No. That's disturbing. Lars Hemsky, it's kind of just like, okay, like the rotting husk of Hemsky in the like 2010s can play for the Flames, sure. (laughs) Lars, which guy's going to the Flames for you? Yeah, I would send Hemsky. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to, like I have been an Oilers fan since I was like, from I would you know before I knew really what was going on in hockey like four or five years old I would sit down and say to my dad which team are we cheering for and he'd go the blue one or the white like that's how I would follow hockey is just sit there with him and just be riveted by it I was at the Stanley Cup parade in 1984 and so I've been a fan forever somebody like Ryan Smith who is such a good like and I have a funny stupid thing that I do if I see somebody famous if I run into like a celebrity or something I just say to them you probably get this a lot but you know who you look like and whoever it is, whoever it is, like it's yeah. like make it. Like, I ran into Ryan Smith in a in a Quiznos, and I'm like, you probably get this a lot, but you know who you look like. And he's like, Haha. he laughed, and then and we talked about the hundred goals he scored. So him going to the, I wouldn't want him to go to the Flames ever. This is one of our career, like this is him, Bookberger, Gret Mess, like. But I'm like, eh, I, I, I don't want, I, I never want that to happen. I'm glad it never happened, but. I like him as a person enough that I would hope that his career, like that he did well. Like I didn't, I didn't like a Ginla being a flame. Like a Ginla was all, no. like ours. I hated that. Like, sure. you know, so, so, but uh, you know, again, you're like when he won a gold medal for us, you know, I'm like, oh, all right, I, 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 I can buy that. But yeah, I would, Hamsky, see you later. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I would send him to the flames for sure. As we wrap up today, this week's podcast, I want to talk about the nation vacation to wonderful Las Vegas that is launched, that launched yesterday. We are already selling spots on this trip. Thank you guys so much to everybody who's already put a deposit down or bought their spots outright. That is happening on in February from the 25th to the 27th. You can head to nationgear.ca and pick up your spot. Head to oilersnation.com and check out the details. Daniel, we went to Vegas last year. We decided to do it again. What are you most looking forward to for this trip? Uh, it's it's going to sound so like cliche and and hipster or whatever, but I'm just excited to hang around with fans again. It's there's there's such a it's such a neat group of people that we always bring together for these things and and Oilers fans are just like we're just like the biggest diehards there is. We cheer for the worst team in the last 15 years. We don't cheer for the Buffalo Sabres. Down. Well, okay, fair <laughs> enough. We cheer for the second worst team in the last 15 years. And here we are. We've got fans in the dead of summer. There hasn't been a whiff of anything interesting come from the team in two months. Except for except, the Milan Lucic trade. Except for the Milan Lucic trade. And we've already sold a bunch of spots on their trip. 
like it's it's just it's 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 such a cool thing that we get to experience. We get to to spend time with fans. I've made friends for life off of trips that I've taken to Vegas and and otherwise. Um, it's just it's such a it's such a blast to spend time with Tyler. You're going to be coming on kind of your first nation vacation, coming to Vegas, maybe, probably, hopefully. What are you looking forward to on this trip? Obviously, Vegas is a good time anyway, but this will be the first time that you kind of come down with us. Um, I'm I'm really I've been told that I'm coming on this one, but I was also told I was coming on a trip to Calgary, and then no one told me the details. And then yeah, the because day, you, and then the day on, you guys hold left, on. no, 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 we're not going to rewrite history here. That's we're exactly not rewriting what history happened, here. man. Coom was all over you the whole trip, letting or before the trip, letting you know it was coming, and yeah. then it was what sweeps week. Like radio has sweeps week still. No, no ratings week, but no, there was a different the first trip to Calgary last year. Yeah, you wanted me to like register you and shit, and I'm not going to do that because I'm not your parents. But then you guys texted me the day of the event, and you were like, hey, where are you, man? There's a seat on the bus. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No one told me I was coming. That was my beef. Do I have to dress you in the morning, too? That would be preferred <laughs> if I come on the trips. So we're here uh, mediating the Oilers Nation uh, disagreements. Uh, <laughs> We, we might end up in arbitration, uh, but we're hoping man. that we can solve this problem. I'm, I'm done with this podcast. The heat's driving me insane. It's the heat of the room. We're all getting fired up here. The Miami heat. I oh, go ahead. I, and, I, sorry, go ahead. I will have shows in Las Vegas around the February Oilers game. So if any of the fans are in town the day before or the day after, they can message me and I probably will be able to get them some tickets to see a comedy show in Las Vegas. I, I once saw Lars play a show in Vegas to six people. There were probably before this time. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. There you that, go. It was 11, by the way. It was 11. It was 11. Was. There and was two guys that got kicked out, though. Yeah. Because they were chirping. <laughs> no, no. That, well, but it wasn't me because no, I, no, I, I annihilate hecklers. Yes. But, but um, yeah, so the, they were disrupting the other acts. Just, yes. just, but it was, they were a fun 11 people. Yes. It well, was yeah, for sure. It was a good crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but Lars wasn't lying when he said he plays any crowd any time. Hey, man, as long as there's some people there that are ready to laugh. Go ahead and follow Lars on Twitter at Extra Lars. Check out shows at ExtraLars.com. Go ahead and check him out on September 19th, despite the fact, well, whether you can hear or not. I think that that's probably a good idea. I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant and Skip the Dishes for making all of this possible. That wraps up episode 47 of Oilers Nation Radio. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Goodbye. Shout out, Damien, for scoring the game-winning goal at the Gretzky Tournament. Best wishes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.